Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. I'm Devin Kadiyama, and you're listening to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Many students in the Bay Area are returning to school in person this week. And many families are happy about that after a long saga of distance learning online throughout the pandemic. But there are also many families worried about sending their kid to school during a surge of COVID cases caused by the Delta variant. Like we were just literally talking about this like yesterday, like, ooh, this is increasing. Like, kind of just start running through, okay, so what would be the option? We're dedicating this week to stories about education. Today, the mixed emotions of sending kids back to school. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. So a lot of Bay Area schools are going back in the next two weeks, but Oakland actually reopened this morning. Julia McAvoy is a senior editor of Education and Equity at KQED. Up until the Delta variant took hold, there was a lot of enthusiasm for reopening. Mm-hmm. I think parents are really eager to get their kids back in school. Uh, kids that I've spoken with across the Bay Area have all been eager to get back in and see their teachers and their friends. And, you know, it was sort of this talk about getting back to some sort of normal. And, and then schools were gearing up to deal with the social emotional trauma that kids were bringing in the door with them. But now with Delta, you know, it feels like deja vu all over again for some folks. Um, But by and large, you know, school districts are very much like 
We're going ahead. Everybody's coming back in. It's going to be full-size classes. Basically, you know, they're just trying to keep everybody on board with getting back into schools. And so it sounds like every public school is going to be fully back in person. Yeah, I mean, contrast this to a year ago where a lot of big urban districts were not coming back, even in hybrid mode. And now they're really all going to reopen their doors. I mean, that has been the mandate from the governor on down to superintendents of different districts. The whole thing is let's get kids back into schools because we saw how there was a lot of learning loss and a lot of emotional trauma from being in isolation, being on devices all the time. It's a real concern, and it's a real motivation to get everybody back inside schools. So because public education has been such a saga during this pandemic, let's start with what all California public schools will have in place to make sure that kids are safe from COVID. What's universal? What's across the board? So the California Department of Public Health is basically uh, asking for universal masking. That's for all staff and students inside schools. And other than that, um, they've relaxed the social distancing protocols. You know, it's like if you can do three feet distance between kids in schools, do it. But Mm. if you can't, don't let that stop you from having you know, full-size classes back in session in person. If you're doing these testing of kids who are symptomatic and trying to screen them out before they get there, if you're doing the hand washing and especially the masking, mm-hmm. between all of those things, it they really feel very strongly that schools are very safe places to be. Okay, so those are basically the things that are happening across the board in all schools. When it comes to COVID, what are some of the things that are left up to the individual districts or individual schools? It's up to each individual district to figure out, like, what's the best way to enforce universal masking if a kid refuses to wear a mask? Um, I don't know how much of that will be going on in the Bay Area, but it's up to each school to figure out how to deal with that. And then when it comes to testing and vaccines, there's also some spread there. So take Los Angeles, all students and employees are going to be required to take weekly coronavirus tests, regardless of their vaccination status. But in San Francisco, testing is not mandatory. And in Oakland, it's recommended if you have symptoms. Is there anywhere in the Bay Area where they're mandating, you know, teachers be vaccinated? San Jose has so far uh, had the strictest requirement. They're basically saying they want all staff to be vaccinated or submit to uh, twice weekly testing. I'm curious, do all these precautions take into account the surge in cases caused by the Delta variant? Unfortunately, with the Delta sort of spiking here and there and surging across the country and in the Bay Area, um, you know, I think they just have had a difficult time sort of factoring this new risk in to what's going to happen when the doors reopen. And they're trying right now to figure it out. They're, they're really trying. They're scrambling. I mean, some districts haven't even laid out their protocols. So there's, there's still just it's a very changing picture, honestly. Schools made these decisions to reopen, you know, at the beginning of this summer when caseloads were down, when everyone was getting vaccinated, when things looked pretty darn good. We almost felt like we had this pandemic in the rearview mirror just a bit anyway, right? 
And so because kids under the age of 12 aren't allowed to be vaccinated yet, families are again having to weigh these new risks and sending their kids to school in person, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we we know that the this doesn't spread um, as much, we don't think, among younger children. And that's always been the godsend, if you will. If there's a silver mm-hmm. lining to this madness, it's that. Right. Um, and so people have felt like they could send their kids back. The older kids, you know, now can get vaccinated if you're 12 and older. So that's allowed the middle and the high schoolers to feel more confident about going back. But I would say that at this point, parents of unvaccinated children are just kind of looking at this Delta variant and going, hmm, is this going to be the same with our kids as the other variants were? Or could it possibly be more dangerous? Right, right. I mean, that just sounds so exhausting to have to go through this again with this brand new variant. I mean, look, they're weighing a risk, right? Devin of like, there's my kid who's been isolated, who's been at home, who's been on their computer for too long and who needs their friends and needs to socialize. And on the other hand is the risk of the Delta variant. Hey, Julie, how are you? The Watsons are a family that we met when we were looking for families to follow through the pandemic. You're uh, with uh, all of the Watsons here on speaker. Dante and Kim are the parents. Dante and I are still finishing up some work stuff, so the yeah. kids are going to go first. And Kalima has. And he works for the city in Parks and Rec, I believe, as a supervisor. And Kim works at Stanford in healthcare. And they've got two children. I'm Halima. Halima is 14. She's going to be going to Oakland High. She's a freshman. My name is Micaiah, and I love ramen, dogs, and pigs. And Micaiah is their son, and he's 11, and he's enrolled at Montera Middle School as an incoming sixth grader. Dante and I, you know, are fortunate we can work from home, but, you know, at the beginning of the school year, it took us quite some time to get into a good group. They're a really tight family. Um, Both Dante and Kim are products of Oakland Public Schools themselves, so they really believe in in public schools. I remember all of my teachers from first grade on up. (laughs) Miss Fong, Miss Kelly, Miss McDonald, Mr. McLean, Mr. McDonald. So Dante talks about his family migrating up from the South, from Mississippi during the Great Migration, and it was really instilled in him that education was important. Matter of fact, I read to Halima while she was in the womb. And so she came out with linguistic abilities. I spoke to her in English and Spanish when she was in the womb. So it sounds like the Watsons are invested in their children's education. It sounds like they they have jobs. How did the Watson family handle distance learning during the pandemic? Well, you know, at the beginning, like everybody else, even though they had privilege and they had means, it was really hard. It was a really rough adjustment. He talks so loud and, and I, you know, the, I know he's getting used to his uh, Zooms or MST, the web conferencing, but he talks so loud. And then when he gets calls, he puts them on speaker. There's no one else here. No, Which is do why I'm thing. out here now. You know, so they did the best they could to keep their kids mentally um, sort of healthy, if you will, and also academically on point. And the kids themselves say that schooling worked out okay. Like we followed them through the whole thing. And at no point did either child say like, this isn't working. I'm falling behind. I feel bad. I feel, you know, stressed. They were really, they they made it through in a, a pretty decent fashion, I would say. 
it seems like they've been through a lot as a family while at the same time being one of the families in the Bay Area who've been able to pull through because of the resources they have. And believe me, they know that. And um, really in conversations even that we would do during the course of the year, um, sometimes they would turn to each other, they would turn to the kids and they would point that out. You do have a lot of people who are who are suffering under the current circumstance. Um, there are those who are fortunate and, and, and have been able to be either, you know, just okay and, and, and pushing along um, or even better than that. Um, but there's a lot of folks who, who this, this has had a significant impact uh, on family dynamics um, and just their own personal growth and development. Last year, when they're when they're figuring all this stuff out and it, it kind of chaotically figuring out distance learning, Oakland Unified was having this really heated debate about whether to return to school in person or not. What did the Watsons feel about that at the time? Yeah, a year ago, you know, I, I almost call it the parent wars. There were a lot of parents who really wanted their kids to get back inside school, and they were kind of pissed off at the teachers because they saw the teachers and the teachers unions and sort of obstructing this return. Um, and things got heated. You know, parents started to threaten lawsuits. They they are trying to recall school board members in San Francisco and in other uh, places, even in the Bay. And um, it was fraught. And the Watsons saw this and I had kind of thought, gee, maybe they're going to sort of feel the same. But but they did not. While they were not thrilled with the distance learning, they also just would have never, I don't think, wanted to send their kids back because they did not feel it was safe. I haven't heard not one message from the district. What Kim told me was this. You know, with anticipation of this is what the fall may look like and whether or not, and it's not just the district, it's the schools as well. I haven't heard from any of the schools, but these are the type of things as a parent I would like to hear about two to three weeks before school starts. And at each point she has said like, I'm not getting any, any information. They're not communicating. I have no idea what they're doing. And yeah, there's a lack of trust there. Eventually, Oakland elementary school students got a chance to actually see what it would be like to return to the classroom in person last spring when the district, like many others, went back to in-person learning for a short while. How did Micaiah do with that transition, especially since he liked being at home for the most part? He enjoyed going back in the hybrid mode, and um, both parents um, thought that worked really well. They said, like, this is good. Um, The kids are happy. Nobody's complaining. He's keeping his mask on. It seems organized. That was probably the one bright spot, I would say, for them, where they sort of saw it happen, and they're like, yeah, Montclair's doing a good job with this, and he's happy, and we're happy. Do you know how they feel about going back full time when the Delta variant is still very much a threat to kids under 12 who haven't been vaccinated? Boy, they are really unsure about this situation right now. OUSD is forcing families to choose with homeschool or being in person in school. With Delta increasing variants, I don't think those are fair choices. The district is saying that you got to come back in person full time. And if you don't, then you're going to go to this virtual option. And it's really called independent study. That's what the state of California is calling it. And um, that option is online. And you are not going to necessarily have your teacher 
And if you opt out of, of coming back in person, then you're not guaranteed a place when you decide if you decide to come back in that same school. Do you have any sense of how either kid feels about going back to school in person? Both the kids seem pretty excited about it. I wouldn't say I'm nervous. I'd say that that's more of a, like, a hope that there are people there that I know because it's not very enjoyable when you're out of school and there's nobody you know. Some people look so different with and without masks. So eventually when this thing is over, you're going to be like, wait, who are you again? And it'll, it'll be kind of funny. I feel like some people might not really listen to the mask rules. So that might be a problem. But. So what are the Watsons going to do? Do you know? The Watsons really want to see what's going on with the Delta variant right now. I mean, I think they're going to send Halima back, but they're on the fence about Micaiah, quite honestly. School will start up, and we'll take a look at how Montero Middle School, um, Micaiah's school, is handling it. And if we don't feel like it's a safe situation, we may opt out. He, he may not go back in. I feel like the Watson story says a lot about the decisions that a lot of parents are are having to make right now, how hard of a decision it is, too. Yeah, I mean, right now in Oakland, I think it's a very small percentage of families have that they've surveyed anyway have decided to opt out. Very small percentage. I think most families are saying, Let's send them back. We're going to do the best we can. We know that transmission in schools isn't going to be any worse than it is in the larger community. Um, we've seen our schools take steps to make it safe. And we're going to, it, it, by and large, believe that it should be okay for kids to go back right now. But on the same point, we're seeing another group of parents, and these are likely parents who have come from communities where, you know, there has been death um, from COVID. And those parents and those communities have reservations. And it's an equation for each family to weigh out, as you say, and it, it is hard. And it's harder for families who have seen how this thing can can ruin them. What are you going to watch as kids start returning to in-person learning at a time when there's still very much a lot of uncertainty? We thought we were going to start this school year by watching how kids' social and emotional needs were being met by the schools, right? By the teachers, which have planned all summer and even all year in some cases for how they were going to welcome these kids back and make learning fun again and exciting and try and engage and how to care for their mental health. And we're talking about restorative practices and harm healing, reduction and yeah. healing. Yeah, all these wonderful things. And we were really going to see, well, how is that really going to happen? Now, I feel like, unfortunately, we're going to be watching and seeing whether these COVID cases increase with younger kids, if there are breakthrough cases in the older kids, and how severe those cases are, and, and do we need to be worried about that? Well, Julia, thank you very much for speaking with us. Thanks. It's so nice to talk with you, Devin, and schools are so important. I, I just have my fingers crossed that things are going to go well. 
one really big thing that Julia says she's going to be watching is whether the Delta variant ends up forcing the state to reconsider in-person learning. Politico reported last week that some school districts in Texas and Mississippi started seeing a rise in COVID cases when they went back to in-person learning. So for me, the worst case would be this thing starts to take a heavy hold on us and we see too many cases and districts are forced to um, adjust. Julia McAvoy is a senior editor of Education and Equity at KQED. This episode was edited and mixed by Erica Cruz Guevara and Alan Montecilio. I'm Devin Kadayama. That's it from us to you. Talk to you later. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.